Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No mai hare mai. Today is September 25th and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, so I don't think I've done a podcast for a couple of weeks. A uh, couple of things to update for sure uh, involving the rugby championship. Had a couple of rounds of games uh, yeah, since my last podcast. Uh, couldn't get one done last weekend as it was a long weekend, uh, like a public holiday weekend. Uh, where I'm living in Taiwan, uh, and I was just a little bit busy uh, with life uh, and work, uh, if you know what I mean. So yeah, apologize for that, and yeah, I'll do a little bit of a recap uh, of the rugby championship the last couple of weekends, uh, and also uh, be having a look at the Bunnings uh, NPC, like the New Zealand National Provincial Competition. Uh, that got back underway uh, last weekend, uh, in some way, shape or form, less the Auckland teams. Uh, there are three of the 14 teams are based out of Auckland and uh, can't participate. Uh, but the other 11 teams, uh, at least some of them, uh, got a game in last weekend. Uh, and a few more of them are getting in games this weekend as well. So yeah, that um, competition just in general is a little bit of a train wreck uh, at present. I think I'll talk about it more uh, quite soon. Uh, yeah, just have a quick squiz at that because I really do love um, that competition uh, and it is a real shame that uh, we only got through two weekends and then all of a sudden, um, you know, a, a, a coronavirus flare-up or a COVID-19 flare-up uh, occurred inside of New Zealand uh, and it's really put pay uh, to that fixture uh, list. But yeah, come back to it, uh, try and explain that a little bit more. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, have a look at the Rugby Championship, like I've said a couple of times now. Uh, and I'm actually doing this on a Saturday afternoon, getting it in uh, pre-game. So uh, this is about an hour before uh, the South Africa match, or the All Blacks v South Africa from Townsville, which will be uh, a really important game uh, just in terms of uh, the rugby championship. Um, if New Zealand can get uh, any kind of point out of the game, um, I think that does it in terms of uh, New Zealand winning uh, the rugby championship for 2021. Probably more important than that, though, is it's the 100th test uh, between the two teams. So, you know, winning that one is going to be a real feather in the cap. Um, you know, you can't really uh, re-win that match, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it really is uh, like a, a really straight-up one-off, competi- uh, one-off uh, you know, sort of like contest there. Uh, obviously, it is inside of the rugby championship, but you know, due to, uh, you know, perhaps New Zealand's dominance uh, of the competition uh, for 2021, uh, it doesn't really mean so much uh, in terms of the championship, but it means everything in terms of you know legacy and history. So it's going to be an awesome match, I think, uh, uh, basically coming up in about an hour's time. So yeah, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, that. I'll, I'll probably do a quick preview uh, of the All Blacks team, uh, You know, have a bit of a look at who got picked uh, and how that's going, maybe have a quick squiz uh, at South Africa as well. Uh, but obviously, I think, as you know uh, from my accent, uh, and if you've just been listening to me uh, in the past, I'm obviously uh, a New Zealand rugby supporter, uh, first and foremost. So, you know, this uh, podcast is definitely going to come with a little bit of a bias, uh, especially if the All Blacks are taking on South Africa uh, in Test 100. So, yeah, let's get into things. Uh, that was a little bit of a ramble, as per usual, from me. But, yeah, uh, I want to get, uh, first of all, I want to head over to uh, the Bunnings NPC uh, or the New Zealand National Provincial Competition. A uh, really good uh, tournament, uh, just massively affected this year in 2021. 
So, yeah, how can we recap it? Um, to be honest, um, I've been reading around it and I'm a fairly passionate um, supporter of the competition and I'm, feeling, I'm finding it pretty hard um, to work out exactly what is going on. But I think I'll try uh, and do my best for you now. Might be uh, slightly wrong about a couple of details uh, and I think some of the details are like basically subject to change and are kind of constantly evolving, uh, evolving uh, in this um, you know, COVID-19 coronavirus world. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, um, the competition got underway uh, as it was uh, slated to uh, in early August, uh, and all 14 teams got through the first two rounds, so the first two games uh, of the competition. Uh, the regular season is supposed to involve 10 rounds or 10 games uh, per team. Uh, round three, though, uh, got completely hijacked by COVID-19, and there was basically a shutdown of, like, professional sport and certainly um, the NPC uh, or this particular competition for about uh, five to six weeks uh, inside of New Zealand. Uh, they got back underway uh, last weekend, uh, which was Friday, September 17th, uh, the weekend that I didn't podcast last weekend, uh, and they basically picked up uh, at round seven. So I think what they're trying to do is everybody play rounds one and two, they're basically leaving until the end of the competition, uh, you know, rounds three, four, five, and six. And I guess they're trying to get them in as, like, basically a complete round, like everybody plays everybody at the same time, uh, you know, for that. And basically they're just continuing on with scheduling and saying, well, we'll finish rounds seven, eight, nine, ten before we go back and do, you know, rounds three, four, five, and six. So hopefully that makes some sense. Um, the other complicating, or very um, very much complicating the, um, the picture heavily, uh, is the fact that the Auckland teams cannot participate. So, you know, all 14 teams played the first two rounds, uh, and then as of last weekend, round seven, um, 11 teams are eligible to play um, on the weekends uh, at present. Three Auckland teams, that being um, Auckland, North Harbour, and Counties Manukau, they are actually not able to play. They're not able to play inside of Auckland, but they're actually not able to travel either uh, and play outside of Auckland at present. So yeah, that's making things pretty difficult. Um, and it basically means like if you're a team from outside of Auckland and you're drawn in rounds 7, 8, 9, 10 to play an Auckland team, you can't play that match at present. Uh, and obviously it, uh, it's lopsided in terms of it means there's 11 possible match, uh, teams which means that, you know, you can only ever really, at maximum, um, you know, get 10 teams playing or five matches for the week or weekend. So, yeah, it's very convoluted. It's a bit crazy. Uh, I think I'll just try one more stab at making that simple uh, for you. Uh, you might be a little bit bored uh, and be explaining it. Uh, but, you know, basically, first two rounds, rounds one and two, were fully played uh, back in August. Uh, New Zealand underwent sort of like a six-week, um, you know, COVID-19 lockdown as such, which has been very severe in Auckland, and it still is quite severe in Auckland. Um, the competition was put on hold. Games or rounds were abandoned or postponed, uh, that being round three, four, five, and six, and the competition has restarted at round seven. So all the teams, that's 11 teams uh, outside of Auckland, 11 of the 14 teams, uh, are basically playing each other uh, outside of Auckland uh, in rounds 7 through to rounds 10, so four rounds there. Uh, the Auckland, the three Auckland teams will then rejoin the competition 
hopefully everybody can play everybody. Um, and also there will be uh, makeup or like midweek matches uh, to make up the games uh, that the Auckland teams are currently not playing. So yeah, that's about as good as I can do. And basically uh, the competition was supposed to finish towards the end of October. I think the second to last weekend of October uh, was when it was supposed to finish. I think now it will finish uh, the final weekend of November. So they've put it back about five or six weeks uh, in the scheme of things. So yeah, uh, let's push it on though uh, into some reality, uh, get away from uh, all of that theory, uh, and have a look at what happened uh, in round seven last weekend. So uh, on the Friday, uh, there was a postponed match, which was Auckland v uh, Southland. That game did not play. Uh, but there was uh, a second Friday night match, which was Waikato at home to Canterbury. And Canterbury got a really good win, uh, 2019 uh, in Hamilton. So that was a really good performance from Canterbury, uh, as Waikato has looked very good in 2021. I know there's only been uh, you know two or three games, uh, but they did look very good uh, in the opening couple of rounds uh, back in August. So that's a really good away win for Canterbury there. Uh, on the Saturday, uh, there were, again, supposed to be three games. Uh, two games got played. So uh, Taranaki was at home to Wellington uh, and the championship team. So the uh, you know second division team, if you will, Taranaki got a win over the premiership team, Wellington. It was uh, 32-26 to Taranaki uh, in New Plymouth. Uh, so that was, uh, or I guess, uh, in uh, they play in Stratford, actually, I think, um, these days, uh, because Taranaki or New Plymouth is having some issues with its stadium uh, around you know earthquake uh, strengthening as such. But basically, uh, that was a home win for Taranaki uh, over a premiership team. So really well done, Taranaki. Looking also looking very good uh, this year uh, and looking like they're challenging very, very hard uh, to get uh, promotion to the premiership. Second match on the Saturday uh, last weekend, 18th of September, was North Harbour at home to Manawa 2. That match was postponed as North Harbour is an Auckland team. Uh, the third match on the Saturday was Northland at home to Tasman. Uh, and it was 48-29 to Tasman. So pretty big, pretty big, pretty comfortable win there uh, for Tasman, the premiership team, uh, over you know a plucky Northland, as per usual, uh, up in the far north. Uh, on the Sunday, uh, there should have been uh, two more games uh, to finish the round, uh, but only one was played. Uh, that was Hawke's Bay at home to Bay of Plenty, uh, and that was a, they were doubled as a Ren for the Shield match. Uh, it was a Shield challenge for the Bay of Plenty, Hawks Bay, the uh, you know shield holders from twenty twenty, uh, and yeah, basically it was their first um, NPC or first sort of like you know defense uh, in the competition. They had a couple of uh, preseason uh, defenses, I believe, uh, against relatively minor you know like Heartland competition. So first series defense of the season, uh, and it was thirty six thirty three uh, to Hawks Bay. So a really good win there uh, for Hawks Bay, uh, retaining the shield. In fact, I might actually be a little bit wrong about that. Uh, I'm just going to go back and have a look uh, at round two. I have a feeling actually that Hawks Bay might have defended the shield uh, once already. Uh, so yeah, if I go back, yes, in fact, I was wrong there. So in the second round, uh, way back uh, on Saturday, August 14th, Hawks Bay were good enough to see off Otago, and they uh, beat Otago 34-10 uh, in round two. So this is actually uh, the second defence, uh, third game for Hawks Bay, second match at home, second defence uh, of the season. Uh, but, you know, a really good win that, 
um, over a, a really good or a very good looking uh, you know Bay of Plenty team for 2021. Uh, so you know well done to Hawks Bay, the newly promoted Premiership team uh, this season in 2021. Hawks Bay, uh, the 2020 uh, Championship champions. So yeah, uh, the final match of last round was uh, Counties Manukau at home to Otago. Uh, but that game was postponed uh, as Counties Manukau are one of the three Auckland teams. So uh, on to round eight, which is really, uh, you know, if you think about things, kind of like round four uh, for a few teams here. Um, but yeah, playing it as like round eight inside of the competition. Uh, so far, there's been uh, two matches that have finished. I think there's a match currently on right now. I think Southland uh, are at home to Canterbury, uh, and it's a real dogfight. Uh, I was looking at the score of that uh, about five, ten minutes ago, and I think it was 16 all. Uh, so, you know, Southland, uh, very, very plucky, very, very hard uh, to beat them down there uh, in the deep south. Uh, Canterbury doing it tough. Uh, but there was a game before that, and there was a game last night as well on Friday, 24th of September. So to start things off, uh, it was Tasman at home to Waikato, uh, and Waikato got the win 39-22 away uh, in Nelson. So that's a really good result from Waikato, uh, you know, bouncing back hard uh, from that home loss uh, the weekend before, really showing their credentials, uh, you know, to put away Tasman uh, with such efficiency. Uh, Tasman are the uh, two-time defending champions uh, in the uh, Mighty 10, oh sorry, Mighty 10 is the old naming rights uh, in the Bunnings uh, NPC uh, for 2021. So yeah, they're the, uh, the playthrough champs, the two-time defending playthrough champs. Uh, and so, you know, to beat them 39-22 uh, at home, really good result there uh, for Waikato. Shows that they've got, you know, a really classy outfit. Uh, the earlier game today uh, was Manawatu at home to Northland. Uh, and Manawatu won 31-19, so that's a real boil over. That's a great win for Manawatu uh, in Palmerston North at home, uh, and beating Northland, who were the uh, championship finalists, uh, I believe, last year uh, in 2020. Uh, so that's a really good feather uh, for Manawatu. They'll be very happy with that result. Uh, like I said, you know, Southland Canterbury kind of like duking it out right now. That game's probably just finishing now, uh, but I'm not going to check that result. Like I said, uh, I believe it was 16-all heading into the final 10 minutes. Uh, just, you know, about 20 minutes ago. Uh, the final match of Saturday uh, is Counties Manukau at home to Auckland. So that's uh, a postponed match <clears throat> as both teams there are actually uh, Auckland City teams or Auckland Region teams. Uh, tomorrow on the Sunday, uh, there should be three more matches. There will be two. So Otago at home to North Harbour, that match is not happening. North Harbour being an Auckland uh, Region team. Uh, but there are two matches, uh, and the first I will be very interested in, which will be Wellington at home to Hawke's Bay. So Wellington certainly needs a win there. Um, they've dropped uh, a couple of matches uh, already this season, uh, looking a little bit tenuous. Uh, they'll be at home, uh, and they're really going to need a good performance. They're really going to need to get up and beat Hawke's Bay, I think, uh, to get their um, campaign going uh, in the Premiership. Otherwise, uh, you know, things could be looking uh, a little bit ominous already uh, for Wellington just in terms of uh, another sort of like promotion relegation or you know, relegation dogfight for them uh, in the Premiership. Uh, and then the late Sunday game will be Bay of Plenty at home to Taranaki. Now, that's going to be a really interesting game uh, just because both of those teams have bought really well in the offseason. They have very good squads uh, and Taranaki is playing some great rugby and really looks like they, they are the front runner uh, in the championship. So essentially the um, you know division two level. 
you know, Bay of Plenty, I had uh, really high hopes or big raps on them at the start of the season. Uh, they haven't quite delivered. Um, they had a very good shield challenge last weekend uh, and got pipped late uh, by Hawks Bay. They probably should have taken the shield and be defending it uh, for the first time this year, uh, first time, um, you know, uh, today, or sorry, tomorrow. Uh, but they're not. Uh, they lost the shield. They'll be feeling a little bit down, a little bit sour about that, I would say. Um, and yeah, they've got to get themselves back up at home uh, to try and take on a hot trot Tararaki. Uh So yeah, I think both of those games, for me, uh, being a Wellingtonian, are very enjoyable. I'll certainly be trying my best uh, to watch the Wellington Hawks Bay game, which would be kind of like an early morning, uh, Sunday early morning treat for me. So yeah, I mean, as you can see, um, the competition is back up and running, but it's sort of back up and running at like half power. Uh, there's a number of light games that are, you know, postponed for various reasons. But yeah, you know, good to see um, them at least, you know, get back into the running and start it all back up. Uh, and it looks like they've got a fairly comprehensive plan uh, to get at least a sizable number of games uh, played uh, for the season. Uh, you know, get some semifinals and finals uh, towards the end of November. Uh, so yeah, should be pretty interesting. Um, best of luck to that competition. I hope uh, things, you know, I hope nothing, basically, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus, hopefully that does not impact, um, you know, the fixtures any further. And hopefully the Auckland teams can, you know, get back into the competition quite quickly. So yeah, good to see. Uh, best of luck to that competition. Obviously, best of luck to Wellington and best of luck to all the teams. Um, you know, pick, pick of the Premiership for me so far being the uh, Division 1 teams, the top seven, uh, would have to be Waikato, uh, even though they had a loss at home uh, last weekend to Canterbury, uh, and the pick of the uh, Division 2 or championship teams would have to be Taranaki, uh, in, in my opinion. So yeah, going pretty well there. So yeah, let's push it on to uh, the rugby championship. Uh, I don't want to make this too much longer. Uh, I've only got about an hour, a little bit less than an hour until this game starts. Um, you know, so obviously... I want to sign off, sign out, try and post this, and then, you know, get myself seated and ready to actually watch it. Um, so, yeah, just a recap uh, from the last couple of weeks, last couple of weekends. Uh, as you've probably been aware, uh, Australia has gone on a tear and beaten South Africa twice in a row, uh, which is an incredible uh, result. Uh, very good, obviously, for the All Blacks as well, uh, and I think probably quite unexpected by the world. Uh, the All Blacks have pretty much done uh, what everybody thought they would do, probably even done uh, a better job than probably what people were expecting, uh, and have you know quite comprehensively put away um, a fairly ineffective Argentina like twice in a row. Um, so you know the All Blacks have gone for you know two pretty big wins, thirty plus point wins, uh, or like certainly put thirty plus points on um, Argentina, uh, and then Australia have been good enough to win a close one uh, two weeks back. Uh, and then be very dominant, actually, like a week ago, uh, and have gone for back-to-back -back wins over South Africa, which has essentially made uh, the rugby championship uh, like a moot point, with uh, you know New Zealand now through four rounds sitting on four wins, uh, and that's four bonus point wins, I believe. So New Zealand's sort of sitting on 20 points. Uh, I think South Africa and Australia uh, have two wins and two losses each. Um... Not exactly sure what the points table is. I probably should have checked that. Um, but essentially, um, you know, they're sitting back somewhere like uh, nine slash ten points each. Um, so they're, they're certainly fairly far out of the running uh, in terms of the standings. Uh, in fact, I should probably go and check that. Um, let's see if I can 
bring up uh, the fixtures there. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to do a little bit of searching on the fly. Uh, probably useful, right, um, for this. Uh, yeah, quite a little bit of downtime there. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, I just don't have that in front of me. Uh, and I'm just not going to worry about that too much more. Uh, things are getting too long already. But effectively, uh, New Zealand has you know four wins from four. South Africa, two wins, two losses. Australia, two wins, two losses. And Argentina have four losses. So Argentina are you know completely dead and buried in this one. Uh, obviously, Australia will be pushing hard to get, like say, two more bonus point wins. Uh, and then be relying on South Africa to beat New Zealand twice and beat them you know pretty comprehensively. Um, you'd have to think probably none of that is really going to happen. Um, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised, you know, like, I mean, I certainly think New Zealand-South Africa is going to be a couple of really good tussles. If South Africa does get up, I think it's going to be very very tight, very close. I don't think they're going to be putting bonus point wins uh, on the All Blacks. Uh, and I think the All Blacks, if they were to drop twice to South Africa, they'd pick up at least one losing bonus point uh, in the process. So I, I do feel like the rugby championship is, is effectively, you know, dead and buried. Um, and it's going to be, you know, New Zealand's again uh, for 2021. Uh, but, you know, the, the key things here are uh, the rise of Australia. Uh, the Australia is now up to third uh, in the world rankings, uh, which is a really good performance from them after, you know, back-to-back -back wins over the current world champions and former number one world team, uh, South Africa. Uh, New Zealand has now pushed up to number one uh, in the world uh, with their wins over Australia and their wins over Argentina uh, and obviously South Africa's losses. Uh, and then, you know, South Africa are sitting there in second spot. Uh, and I would imagine uh, pretty much any kind of win uh, today or tonight uh, would be good enough for them to reclaim uh, the number one spot. Uh, and like I said before, it's the 100th test between the two nations. So really, uh, what this match today, or certainly the um, you know All Blacks Springboks match, is really all about just winning that hundredth test between the two nations, uh, and then obviously like regaining um, you know the world ranking, like the top spot in the world uh, at present. It's not really so important as to what it's going to do for the rugby championship, I don't think. But yeah, I've got an article here uh, from allblacks.com. So again, it's probably going to be a little bit slanted, a little bit biased uh, towards New Zealand and the All Blacks. Uh, but yeah, I thought I'd just go through it uh, and read, uh, you know, narrate through it and uh, tell you what's going on there. Uh, and then, you know, probably have a pretty bit of a look at the match day 23 for the All Blacks. Uh, and then maybe try and squiz over and have a look uh, at the South African team as well. Uh, but, you know, I think you probably know who's playing for both teams uh, if you're a fairly passionate, or not even really that passionate, but you're just a rugby supporter. Uh, I think you've probably uh, taken the time to actually, you know, check out, you know, who's playing uh, in such an important match. Yeah, but let's get through it. Um, so this is probably the last thing I'm going to do, uh, and then I can sign off, sign outs, uh, and actually watch this game. So the All Blacks named for, I think that should be the All Blacks team, I guess, but All, All Blacks named for historic 100th test against South Africa. So let's get into it. Uh, in the starting front row, Joe Moody retains the number one starting jersey, and Nepo Laulala is back in the number three jersey, with Cody Taylor returning at starting hooker. Props Carl Tuanukiafe and Ofatunga Afasi, along with hooker Samisoni Takeaho, are front row cover from the bench. 
yeah, I'd have to say that's probably about as good as it gets. Uh, or that's certainly, um, I think I'd like to see Moody and La 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 start. Obviously, I want to see Cody Taylor start at hooker. Uh, and I think uh, Tokiaho certainly uh, deserves to be his backup, his deputy, um, uh, ahead of uh, Asafa Omoa, who has been quite good uh, a couple of weeks back. But Tokiaho really is uh, having a great season uh, with the All Blacks. Uh, in 2021, he's taking all his opportunities. Uh, you know, and then Tuanuki Afe and Tunga Afase to, you know, add some punch, um, you know, as prop cover. Um, you know, I think that's about as good as it gets, um, you know, as an all-black supporter in 2021. So pretty happy with uh, what Foster's picked there. Uh, in the second row, that being the locks, the hugely experienced Brody Retallick returns alongside Scott Barrett with Patrick Tui Pelotu, the reserve lock. In the loose forwards, Akira Yuani is at blindside flanker, Captain Adi Sevier is at seven, and Luke Jacobson at number 8. Ethan Blackadder is the loose forward impact from the bench. Yeah, I've got to say, um, I think, can't again, can't really complain uh, with what they've done with the locks there. You know, no Sam Whitelock. <clears throat> uh, and I think Tupu, Tupo Ava'i uh, is still probably a year or two away from, you know, starting meaningful matches against uh, the Springboks, etc. Uh, so, you know, Retallick and Scott Barrett, that's, yeah, pretty much, you know, a go-to. Uh, a locking combination there uh, without Sam Whitelock uh, and you know backed up by Patrick Tui Pelotu there's uh, plenty of experience plenty of experience starting uh, and plenty of experience off the bench there um, so yeah pretty happy with the locks uh, or just the tight five in general I think they're picked very well quite conservative but good I think um, the loose forwards Akira Yuani at blindside Adi Savir at seven uh, and Luke Jacobson at eight Maybe a touch surprising for me. I thought Hoskins Satutu was excellent last weekend and has been pretty limited in terms of the opportunities he's been given. Uh, so I would was kind of thinking he might have actually even got a nod at starting eight uh, over Luke Jacobson, uh, not to be. Uh, and if he didn't get that spot, then I thought he would probably be on the bench, uh, you know, backing up Akira, uh, Ioane and Luke Jacobson, basically a 6-8 cover. Uh, but again, not to be. It's uh, Ethan Blackadder. Uh, and I guess Ethan Blackadder gets that role for just being a touch more versatile. Uh, the fact that at a stretch you could play Ethan Blackadder at 7, I believe. Uh, but, you know, obviously he's a 6'8", uh, but he can play 7. Uh, he did actually play 7 uh, quite consistently uh, for the Crusaders this year because of their injury uh, concerns. Um, so, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that's why he gets that role. I think also, you know, Blackadder has been playing some really good footy. Um, for the All Blacks, uh, especially over in Australia, uh, but you know he is a pretty pretty young buck uh, in terms of uh, his All Black career, uh, and it's a pretty massive match. I, I I do feel like, well, I mean that must have been a fifty fifty call, right? You know, do you go with Hoskins the two two, uh, who's covering genuinely covering six uh, eight but not seven, um, and then you've obviously got Adi Savia at seven, but you know he has had a few injury problems uh, over the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, if you if you do go. Uh, with Hoskins the two two, you really have gone in with three sort of like big men six eights, and there's not really anybody to play seven. So you know, I guess that's why Ethan Blackadder got that hat tip. But I mean, he has been playing pretty well as well. So yeah, uh, mm, I probably would have gone. Uh, I still do believe I, I would have gone there. Um, probably would have gone there with Hoskins the two two. To be honest, I probably would have actually started with Hoskins the two two, and I might have even if I was very worried about seven cover, I might have had Dalton Papali'i on my bench. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think uh, a little bit different to what I was expecting in, in terms of loose forwards there. Uh, going back to the article, 
In the backs, TJ Perinara is again at halfback with Bowden Barrett uh, back in the starting 10 jersey in his 97th test, playing his 15th test against South Africa. David Harvey returns at second 5-8th. Rico Ioane is again at centre, and the starting back three from last week's test are retained, with George Bridge again on the left wing, Will Jordan on the right wing, and Jordy Barrett at fullback. Halfback Brad Webber, Damian McKenzie, and midfielder Quinta Paya uh, are the back reserves. So yeah, I mean, Perinara getting the start uh, with Bowden Barrett, that kind of makes sense. That's about as experienced uh, and as like deep a combination uh, as you can roll, I think, uh, in this current setup for the All Blacks with no Aaron Smith. Uh, and obviously, you know, Perinara and Barrett have played a lot together uh, over the years uh, and are both, you know, very experienced uh, in and around the All Blacks setup. So, you know, best of luck to TJ Perinara. Doesn't start too many big games, has to be said, uh, but hopefully he can step it up. Uh, obviously, Bowden Barrett running things at 10 uh, in the absence of Richie Mwanga. It's, you know, a no-brainer. Uh, and then, you know, to be backed up, 10-15, uh, essentially backed up by, you know, David McKenzie on the bench. Uh, it's pretty nice. Um, you know, the midfield there, David Harvili and Rico Giovane. Um, you'd have to think that is due to Anton Leonard-Brown not being available. Uh, I don't believe it actually mentions whether he was available or not. Uh, he seemed fairly confident that he would be available for this match, but I, I'm assuming he's failed uh, his you know injury comeback. Uh, otherwise, I'm pretty sure uh, he would have been pushed in uh, to the midfield. He probably would have started centre, I'd imagine, with uh, Rico Ioane shifting out to uh, the wing. Uh, as it is, you know, Harvili at second five, he's been hot to trot. You know, you'd have to pick him at 12 in a big match uh, in 2021. And Rico Ioana, you have to pick him somewhere in the team as well. Uh, you know, centre, because there's no Anton Leonard-Brown. And I think uh, in the back three, uh, as a winger, uh, if Leonard-Brown was fit. So, yeah, you know, like, looking forward to that. You know, I think TJ and Bowden Barrett will go well as a halves combination. Uh, and, you know, Harvili and Rico Ioane are just in hot form. So, looking pretty dangerous there for the All Blacks. The back three for me uh, is a little bit suspect. Um, I'm quite a big fan of George Bridge, but uh, he has had some injury concerns uh, going back to last year. Had some fairly limited rugby uh, in 2021. Uh, and he's looked reasonable in the All Blacks, but I wouldn't say he's looked spectacular. Uh, and I, for me, I probably would have gone with Seba Reese uh, over George Bridge uh, for this match, uh, but that's not to be. Uh, and then, uh, you know... Uh, Without without Anton Leonard Brown, um, you know you you really do have to go and, and look hard uh, at midfield cover, and that's why Quintipaya, I guess, has been favoured uh, over Severis in the reserves as well. Like there is actually you know like kind of like no back three, or like there's certainly no wing uh, reserve. Uh, you know you've got Weber as the halfback reserve, Mackenzie playing the ten fifteen utility, and then Quintipaya essentially backing up second five, maybe at a stretch uh, centre. So, yeah, you know, like, you're going to get your wing cover uh, from Rico Ioane playing uh, 13. But, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, best of luck to George Bridge. Uh, as I've just said, you know, best of luck to TJ Perinara. Uh, I think Perinara is the right pick for his experience uh, and pedigree. Uh, you know, and you're almost picking on history there uh, a touch, um, especially, you know, with his sword on up to, you know, Japan this year, and, you know, he hasn't really done too much really his, his opportunities have come due to like injury uh, and then like paternity or paternity leave um, for uh, Aaron Smith so you know best of luck to TJ Perinara I think he is the right pick at nine to start uh, you know based on uh, basically uh, you know reputation you, you could say 
but I feel like George Bridge is perhaps not quite the right call. Uh, I Like I said before, I'm not hating on George Bridge. I do really actually quite rate him, and I really like him as a player. Um, but I just think, uh, from what I've seen over the last couple of weeks against uh, Argentina, um, I think, you know, Severis might have been just giving you that a little bit more spark and he just seems to be in better form and you know he's good to go uh, at the moment but not in the 23. Uh, I am pretty happy to see Quinty Paya there though like he looked really good uh, last week against Argentina so you know if New Zealand can get up in this match and uh, you know controlling things fairly well you know with 10-15 uh, minutes to go uh, I'd love to see uh, you know what Quinty Paya can do off the bench. Uh, and I'm assuming, uh, you know, that's what the All Blacks uh, touch wood or the All Blacks coaches touch wood uh, are thinking as well, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, Geordie Barrett preferred to Damian McKenzie uh, as starting fullback. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, and obviously uh, that should help with the kicking duties. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to get the kicking uh, over his big brother, Bowden. Um, so, yeah. Back to the article. Uh, rambling on way too much here. Uh, so All Blacks head coach Ian Foster said, the whole team is excited at what lies ahead this weekend. The group is working hard. We've been building our performances and we've put ourselves in a great position to win um, <clears throat> the Fort Fortinet, I believe that's uh, sponsorship rights, Fortinet Rugby Championship. And that's really exciting for the team. The fact that it is against South Africa is pretty special. Yeah, I mean, you've got to say, like, I've been kind of talking down how important this match is to the Rugby Championship, but I've been kind of thinking of that from, like, an Argentina... Australia, South Africa perspective. Uh, if I actually put my All Blacks cap on, which generally speaking I, I, I do have on, I think, probably too much, um, you know, there should actually be some heavy motivation here because, you know, a win here is obviously a win in the 100th test, uh, but it also puts to bed the rugby championship with a round to spare. So, you know, there's just everything to play for. Uh, also, on top of that, um, the two teams do play uh, for what is called the Freedom Cup, uh, which is, you know, like a essentially like you know a bilateral uh, match between the two sides um, that's been going now for mm, I think something like 10 years 10 to 15 years uh, so it's starting to develop just a touch of history not too much certainly nothing compared to the Bledisloe uh, but you know over time it's going to become more meaningful so uh, New Zealand is current holders of that trophy uh, and they're only going to play South Africa twice this year so you know one win here well, again will retain that bilateral trophy so basically, you know, if the All Blacks can get up uh, today, uh, in the next hour or so, uh, they will win the Rugby Championship, they will win the Freedom Cup, or retain the Freedom Cup, um, and, you know, they will win the 100th Test uh, against South Africa, against the two teams, very important, uh, and they will retain number one world ranking uh, in the world as well, that they just picked up after about a year and a half last week. So, um, yeah, you know, with that kind of motivation, uh, if the All Blacks don't come out firing, uh, you'd have to say they got something wrong uh, in their communications uh, during the week. Yeah, uh, continuing on uh, with um, the article uh, and what Ian Foster's been saying. Uh, so the All Blacks are expecting a torrid battle up front, as always against the Springboks. Commenting on the Ford selection, Foster added, it's a tough pack to pick at the moment because there are a lot of players putting their hands up and there were some players who played well last week. Yeah, I think, you know, Satutu, very unlucky. Uh, but we have got some very good combinations that we have worked on since the start of the championship. It's great to have experienced players like Joe Moody, Ofatunga Fasi, and Patrick Tui Pelotu back. It's given us a great starting pack and a strong bench. Yeah, you'd have to say the four-pack looks like dynamite. Uh, it looks really good uh, as an all-black supporter. Pretty happy with that. 
uh, and it's yeah, it's definitely got some steel there. I think you know with the likes of Moody uh, and Tui Pelotu for sure. Uh, Foster said the team was looking forward to playing in the hundredth Test match, but had a narrow focus this week. For us as a team, we're trying to zone in on what we want to do in this game. We are all aware of the history and legacy of this match and respect that, but the only way we can do justice to that is to prepare well and focus on what we have to do. We're excited and getting ready for what will be a huge challenge. It will be the first time a number of our guys have played South Africa, so they're excited and ready for it, Foster said. Yeah, and then the article you know, continues on, gives you some stats and facts uh, about the two teams uh, and what's going on here. Uh, so I might just quickly go through the bullet points there. So the 100th test will be played in the centenary year of the famous All Blacks Springboks rivalry. The very first test was played at the historic Carisbrook ground in Dunedin on 13th of August 1921, with the All Blacks winning 13-5 that day. The last test match was the pool match at Rugby World Cup 2019, which the All Blacks won 23-13. So yeah, 100th test and the 100 years, uh, or the centenary between the uh, two nations as well. It's quite fitting. So in the 99 tests to date, the All Blacks have won 59 times, South Africa 36, with four drawn matches. The All Blacks have scored 2,050 points in that time, including 225 tries while the Springboks have scored 1,577 points, including 153 tries. Never really care that much about total points and how many tries a team have scored, but, you know, it does paint a little bit of a picture there, uh, a fair amount of, you'd have to say, uh, especially over the last sort of like uh, 20 years, um, 20 to 30 years, I guess, uh, a fair amount of uh, All Blacks dominance um, as, you know, those as the winning record between those two teams um, coming out of apartheid was essentially equal uh, South Africa might have even been like one or two games up on the All Blacks, I think. Uh, but like it just said there, uh, at current, after 99 tests or 99 tests to date, All Blacks have won 59 to South Africa's 36 uh, with four drawn. Uh, third point there, the teams will once again be playing for the Freedom Cup, which I mentioned before, which was introduced in 2004. The All Blacks have held the Cup since 2010. So yeah, so it's got about 15 years of history, 15 to 20 years of history and building. Uh, the All Blacks have had it now for about 10 years. Uh, obviously, they didn't contest it last year uh, with the South Africans not being available to play. Uh, and like I said, you know, there's only two tests between South Africa and New Zealand this year. So, uh, you know, one win for the All Blacks will be good enough uh, to retain that. Uh, continuing on, point four. The All Blacks have scored 16,997 points in test matches and are set to be the first international team to top 17,000 points. Well, there you go. It's a fairly, uh, I don't know what you'd have to say. It's a pretty, like, stat nerd, geeky kind of stat there. But, yeah, All Blacks closing in on 17,000 points, uh, if you care. Uh, and then the final points or stat or fact or bit of trivia. Uh, Bowden Barrett will be playing his 15th test against South Africa and Brody Retallick his 12th. Eight players, Akira Ioane, Luke Jacobson, David Harvelli, Will Jordan, Semi Sony Takeaho, Ethan Blackadder, Brad Webber, and Quinta Paya will be playing them for the first time. So yeah, that certainly does uh, show that there is a little bit of a, well, hard to say that it's a weak or soft underbelly, uh, just in terms of how well the All Blacks have been going uh, in 2021, uh, and even 2020 for most of it. Um, but yeah, you know, there is certainly some youth or inexperience uh, at the test level uh, inside of that team. 
uh, and that is something that you know South Africa will definitely be trying to feed upon, uh, and they're the kind of team that is very good uh, at exploiting uh, that kind of weakness. Um, so yeah, definitely something for some of the uh, key players inside of the All Blacks uh, to step up and take some ownership. So that's obviously, you know, Brody Retallick. I think you'd have to say it's Cody Taylor. It's Joe Moody, I guess. Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, Brody Retallick uh, in your type five. Uh, you know, it's Adi Savier as captain uh, in your loose forwards. You know, TJ Perinara, Bowden Barrett uh, in your halves. Uh, and then, you know, if you get out to that back three, uh, everybody's a, a touch green there, you'd have to say. Uh, and I guess, you know, you'd have to, you, you're going to have to call on Rico Ioane uh, from centre, you know, to really stand up, have a good game. Uh, you know, play his, play his natural skills, but, you know, really try and help out and, you know, be that good foil, um, you know, between being a centre come winger, uh, which he's been really great at doing for both the Blues and All Blacks uh, over the last couple of years. So, yeah, a big game for Rico Ioane would be you know, fantastic for the All Blacks because uh, there's a fair amount of uh, green uh, out there uh, in, in the backs. So yeah, I'm going to sign off, sign out there. Uh, it says 40 minutes uh, that I've been going for. It feels like I've been talking for like two hours. Uh, I'm not sure if that's because uh, I'm bored with myself. Uh, I hope you're not too bored with me. Uh, but yeah, a little bit weird. Uh, I felt like I really rambled on there. Uh, but did manage to um, get through at least uh, a pretty good look uh, at the uh, Bunnings NPC, the New Zealand National Provincial Championship. Uh, and also got in a little bit of a look uh, at this big blockbusting uh, All Blacks spring box match that is really is coming up in about 30 minutes from now. Um, didn't really get time to look at the South African team uh, or like kind of narrate through it for you. Um, but my, I have looked at the team, uh, you know, you've got pretty strong halves, uh, definitely in terms of uh, Faf de Klerk uh, and Andre Pollard. So that's good to see. That will certainly keep them competitive. They've gone quite conservative um, with... Um, uh, what am I going to try to say there? Uh, I'm just looking at their back three. Um, the back three was the keynote for me. Um, I thought um, maybe they haven't picked that well uh, in the back three. To be to be honest, um, I, I think they've. I don't think they've quite got enough class in that back three. Uh, quite enough class excitement. They don't quite have the right team. I don't think to to break the All Blacks open in the back three. Um, not that that's really what South Africa wants to do. Uh, they obviously want to go a little bit more direct than that, and they'll be trying to dominate and control things in the forwards. Um, I do like that they've picked Quagga Smith uh, at seven, so he's going to go pretty hard, and he'll go well uh, up against Adi Savia. Uh, they often use him off the bench and or don't even play him, uh, but I think he is a really good seven, kind of in the uh, you know workhorse mode of, like say, a Michael Hooper. So I, I, I do rate him, so it's good to see him at seven. And they've also got uh, Dwayne Vermeulen there at, at eight, I believe. Um, so yeah, they've they've definitely got some. They've they've definitely picked well, uh, and they've gone with Evan Estebeth uh, and Lou Diaga uh, as their locks as well. So they've certainly got some some really good experience uh, through that four pack. Um, but yeah, you know, I I'm I'm not in love with their back three. I've got to say, um, I'm I'm not exactly sure what they could have done differently. Like I I just I I just feel in general they don't quite have. Uh, the personnel uh, in the back three, uh, they seem to be missing uh, Cheslin Colby um, for this uh, tournament, uh, which is you know a real dagger I think for the creativity, uh, in you know in the South African backline or certainly out wide. Um, yeah, you know like pretty interesting. I would have thought um, we might have had a look at somebody like Damien Willemser uh, at the back. 
uh, or even Fasi, uh, who's been playing for the Sharks, I believe, uh, last couple of years. There are a couple of exciting kind of like fullbacks that you could have uh, experimented with. I think Willemse is on the bench, uh, basically backing up 10-15. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, South Africa's done well, or like, you know, they're certainly picked accordingly in the forwards, and they'll go hard there, and that's what they're targeting, I think. Uh, and their halves look very good, obviously, with Faf de Klerk, um, and Andre Pollard. So, you know, they're certainly going to play a, a very structured, very good 10-man game, but it's just whether or not they're actually able to do anything, um, you know, to really stretch the All Blacks and, you know, play a 15-man game. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit suspect of that. Um, so, yeah, you know, like, for me... Like, yeah, I should obviously pick what I think is going to happen, right? Uh, I'm going with the All Blacks plus 8. So I'm not going too high on this one. I think it's going to be uh, a bit of an arm wrestle, a bit of a dogfight. Uh, I think, you know, if South Africa are to win, it's going to be really nasty, really ugly, and very low scoring. Uh, I think if the All Blacks are to win, um, I think, you know, plus 8 is probably on the conservative end. Uh, I think if the All Blacks start to impose themselves and get their way, it could actually be more like a 15, 20-point win uh, for the All Blacks. But uh, I don't want to jinx anything. And I'm touching wood right now. I'm touching my wooden table. Uh, and I'm going and being humble, or I'm trying my best uh, to be humble, and I'm saying the All Blacks plus 8. But to be honest, I would not be surprised if that was more like a 15-point win. Uh, if the South Africans do you know, really come out and shine and play well, I think they're going to keep it really dour, and it's going to be very low scoring, uh, and they're going to get through. Uh, you know, like a very, very tight win. So, you know, that's the way I see it playing out. You know, either South Africans, you know, win it by one, win it by three, something like that, uh, or New Zealand wins it, like, fairly comfortably by eight to 15. Uh, and I am on the record as saying the All Blacks are going to win it plus eight. So there you go. Uh, just in terms of the other match, uh, which, you know, I've, I've got to say um, holds some importance, I guess. Uh, I think, you know, Australia are really going to, you know, kick on and do the business against what looks to be a pretty beat-up, sort of like despondent Argentina that's probably been on the road and away from home for too long. Uh, and, yeah, you know, like, Australia just got everything uh, everything to play for there. I think they'll roll on and they'll probably beat Argentina by 20 uh, in the other match. So, yeah, there you go. So, thanks for listening. Uh, if you did, if you got through that, I hope uh, that was a little bit interesting for you. Uh, you're probably listening to it after the fact, uh, if you know what I mean, because I'm only going to get this out with about 20 minutes before the game. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be after the after the game for sure, I think, uh, when you hear this. Uh, but, you know, thanks for listening if you did. Um, please give my Facebook page a like. Um, that would be awesome. So, The Rugby Gods Podcast, if you use Facebook, please give me a like and or follow there. Send me a comment and or a private message. All of that is awesome. Uh, I love you know going back and forth and talking some rugby uh, in the private messages for sure. Uh, so thanks to the people who uh, have sent in a few of them uh, over the time. It's great. Uh, anything else I'm doing? Not really. Uh, that's about all I do. Uh, although there is, um, you can find the Rugby Gods uh, podcast on Twitter. Uh, and I believe you can also find it on Reddit as well. But, you know, I'm not really uh, a social media guru, and it's something for me to work on. Um, yeah, basically, do this on Anchor FM, the uh, Spotify podcast app. Uh, so I recommend uh, that you listen to this uh, on Spotify, um, if that's where you go for your podcast needs. Uh, I recommend that. Uh, Spotify and or uh, Google Podcasts, that, that'd be my two picks uh, for, for picking this up. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's other places as well, like Apple, uh, etc. So, you know, hopefully. 
uh, you can find it uh, and give it a, some sort of like uh, subscribe uh, wherever it is that you listen um, and or give it a positive rating that'd be awesome so yeah I think that's enough kind of like uh, shilling of myself uh, for now so thanks very much uh, have a great weekend uh, best of luck uh, to your team whoever they may be um, and yeah just enjoy life I hope things are going well for you uh, I hope you're doing good things and I hope good things are happening for you too so yeah I'm going to peace out there I'll see you later. Matewa. Bye-bye.